Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. I am so excited to be speaking with Bobby Abate. He is a queer artist, a filmmaker, an activist, and he has created a tarot deck called the Outsider Tarot. And I'm very interested to speak with Bobby about it and why it's called the Outsider Tarot. What is tarot? I want to invite you all to this virtual kitchen table. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you about the Outsider Tarot. So you have reinterpreted the tarot deck. And in doing so, you have experimented with the images, with the form, and really with the framing of it. So why don't we begin there? What does this mean that it is an outsider tarot deck? You've connected it to it also being a queer and an activist deck. So what is this? The Outsider Tarot, like it took a long time to come up with the title. And I realized my experience as an artist, as a queer person, as an artist, as growing up as an artist, as a young child in a kind of suburban setting, and um, and then becoming an artist as I you know went on in life and then came out of the closet as queer, I just realized that I was always living this kind of life as the other in society, you know, just that was right from the beginning, as I write in the book, like I had brought this little toy to my first grade class and I was talking through it because I had some sorts of social anxiety and I was kind of put into the role of the outsider right then and there. And it was an uncomfortable role because I wasn't a social kid. I was always that kid on the outside that wasn't part of the group. I realized so young how like kids started forming cliques and groups around me and I was not there like that trope of the last one chosen for the team. I always held the idea that I've been dyslexic too um, and I'm pretty intensely dyslexic. So that makes me really bad at sports and all of that. So it just, there were certain things that caused me to see the world from a different perspective when I was making this deck, the deck was coming from a person that lived from this other perspective. And it just seemed natural that I make that the idea of the deck. I wasn't really sure what the title was gonna be. A lot of people, a lot of tarot decks are named after the artists themselves. And people are like the Bobby Tarot and all that. And I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, I was not interested in, in having a tarot deck named after me, but I wanted to have a tarot deck that followed an experience through life that so many people that I'm close to in my chosen family, my friends, my circle, even my own family can relate to. And that turned out to be, I think, a really excellent idea because a lot of people feel like the deck calls to them in their outsiderness and those roles that they also occupy in their own very specific ways um, in, in society. Well, what's interesting about what you're saying, Bobby, is that in a way, so that perspective of being an outsider, which initially was such a painful one, a challenging one as a, as a, a child, as you're describing, 
then evolved into giving you a kind of perspective, which has had its benefits. And then combining that is also what I just heard you say, is that in a way through this perspective of being the outsider outside the mainstream or, or the so-called norms, is that in a way that has allowed you and you've experimented in the creation of the outsider tarot deck to reach more people. So in a way it's enabled you. And I think this idea of the outsider can enable a kind of connectedness to actually more people instead of less. Would you say that that makes sense? Absolutely. It's like, um, through the release of this deck and the way and people that have bought it, I, who have it, the connections I've made, I was just actually before this, I was talking with somebody in California, this guy named Marcus Barella, who um, is a bartender at the Eagle, but also an artist. And he has, does these readings every single morning and has been taking all these photos, like inspired to make all these collages and artwork with the deck. And he and I have become really close friends, but I also get these emails from people that just talk about how the deck has really touched their soul in this weird way and like touched this kind of wound that they've always had um, about being an outsider that also comes with some sort of guilt for a lot of people, including me, like at times in my past, these are people that are younger, like in their twenties that just feel like they should be social or should be in the center of things. So the deck kind of is helping them to kind of accept the orientation that they have and empower themselves within that perspective. So it has absolutely like created all these incredible new um, connections in my life and interconnections. Yes, and those interconnections, because what I so appreciate in your writing about the Outsider Tarot deck is you say, from diva to drag queen, poet to hustler, rebel to hacktivist, essential worker to young migrant, renegade filmmakers to queer tattooist, transgender icon to uncompromising revolutionary, the Outsider Tarot was, was created to be an indispensable divination tool for anyone who lives beyond the boundaries of society. So by even combining those kinds of people that are so often shunned or have had to deal with so much discrimination or judgment, oppression, by even making these kinds of people the center of the deck, I feel that that is such a powerful statement that you're making. How did this begin for you? Because the Tarot, well, let me just first of all say, how would you define what it is? Because we keep saying it, but there are people out there and myself, I don't have deep knowledge of it. I think of cards, I think of a reading, some sort of knowledge, but I don't really know the origins of it and what it does or how it works. So this is a definite question that a lot of people work with when it comes to the tarot. I'm of the school that uh, my spiritual belief is that uh, nothing is everything. <laughs> so the tarot, I would like the most simply describe it as being nothing at all. But um, it basically what we're looking at is when we're doing a reading at first, I was like, is the universe, who's shuffling these cards? What, how, why are the, you know, I get this question a lot, like, so what's shuffling them? Why should I believe that there's anything unique about this? 
I go back to the simplicity of the fact it's like it's a contemplation of the universe and the enormity of it and the way the spiritual system behind a lot of the tarot decks that are out there like the writer Waite, it's called the hermetic kabbalah it's the idea is that there's this great unknowable nothingness um, above it all things that we just can't comprehend and when we do a tarot reading we shuffle the cards, we're in a specific room, a specific space, in a specific time with people. That will never, ever, ever exist again in the history of the universe. It's a unique moment that exists there. And the arrangement of the cards, none of that will happen ever again. So we're looking at that moment and we're, we're sitting down and we're paying attention to a snapshot of that moment in the cards. And we're reading that moment. So it's uh, a kind of ephemeral moment? Yes. It's like what we hear over and over again is to be in the present moment. The tar a tarot reading allows us to really sit in the present moment and reflect upon it um, and appreciate something that happened in that present moment. And so that's like we do a three-card reading, a one-card reading, a 15-card reading. We are analyzing the precision of that moment that just happened and what that has to tell us. Um, all the tarot cards are lenses in which to examine that present moment. So any of the 78 cards are accurate and befitting to speak to us at any time about any issue, but these three have come to us and uh, that there's something to be learned from the universe by those three cards that have come to us in this say, for instance, daily, past, present, future reading. So the cards, and these cards, by the way, you, you have created the images. You've actually, through your own knowledge of tarot, the history of it, and your research, and also your rejecting of some of it, right, to come up with a different kind of framework for the tarot, you're using, you mentioned before, even tropes. But so there's certain tropes, symbols, images that you're working with. And it's a complicated system, it seems. Can you talk to us a bit about how they're divided and how then well, that unfolding begins with this kind of, as you say, a contemplation of the moment, of the present moment? Well, it goes back to when I was 17 and I got my first, I was like first met the tarot <laughs> and um, I wanted to create a deck. I was an artist, a young artist in Boston. And I was like really, really challenged and inspired to create my own tarot deck at that point. And all tarot decks came with a little white book that have like one sentence of interpretation for every card. Um, none of those interpretations made any sense to me because I was like, but wait, why does this image of this person on a horse with six wands mean, you know, victory or, you know, whatever it is, like, they seem to have been derived from a formula, but the formula was missing. And as a dyslexic person, I can't remember or take anything at face value. I have to know, like, what is behind it. That's how I get to know a system. So I was completely flawed project to try and design a tarot back then. I started reading Rachel Pollack, her book called um, The 78 Degrees of Wisdom, which opened up the system behind every card. And I was really able to like, that was, that was the door that opened up for me. That was like, every card is, is a, 
is like a, um, a combination of all these different energy points, esoteric systems. Then I was like, oh, this makes sense. So it's what I'm seeing those little white books is just an interpretation of a formula. Um, these interpretations and these images come from somewhere, right? We all come from somewhere and from our own embedded histories. So what is it that also you were questioning about some of these images that perhaps you weren't aligned with politically or socially? Well, I mean, the, traditionally the, the Rider Waite deck, which is the most famous deck and, and many of the tarot decks out there are a celebration of um, heterosexual white um, almost medieval society. I mean, the whiteness is horrifying. <laughs> it's like lily whiteness, you know? So um, I just, I, as a queer person, I don't connect to something that's in itself like a celebration of, um, you know, heterosexual exclusionary white culture. So there are, there always have been decks out there that like the tarot of the cat people was one of the first ones. It's like every tarot, every, everything is translated into a cat. And then uh, there's that woman's one uh, that, that has the round cards, right? That, from that, that, exactly, yeah. from a feminist perspective. That, that deck is absolutely fabulous was a, a shining beacon, but also extremely confusing for a lot of people because um, it has a lot of degrees in which you read them. Um, it, but um, a lot of people have like the most incredible readings and the paintings, the artwork are so gorgeous. So, I mean, the mother piece was a revolutionary deck that uh, allowed people to like, invited other people to really come and make their own decks. So, um, that was a system that really, inspired me, the mother piece, to, um, to really blow up the system and reinterpret it completely. And Bobby, how does being queer and, and also using queer to even define the deck, right? This out outsider tarot deck that you've created, you've envisioned, where does queer fit into it in terms of how you would even define that for our listeners? Queer is a word that we're reclaiming. I met, um, a few years ago, I met a person who was, uh, in, who was coming out in the 1950s and 60s. And I kept using the word queer, I was interviewing him. And he was really, really offended. He was like, you cannot use that word around me. This is a slur. And I had to step back from that um, in that interview, but I left that interview thinking like, what does queer mean? It's a reclamation. Of, of being basically an outsider, I would say. Um, so I, I, what we were talking earlier, um, I would think, uh, you know, as a queer person that went to, like I was a young queer 17 year old and I went into Boston and I went to several big like gay and lesbian youth groups. I was the outsider in those youth groups because I was like this weird grungy artist kid and I didn't really fit in with those people. So I was like, how could I not fit in here? In, and also in the art school, how could I not fit in the art school? So it's like, I think queer is like something that we used, that I would define someone that is other in the other, like an other of the other, you know, and that just literally is queer from any standardized system, um, you know, so it doesn't have necessarily have to do with sexuality. It just has to do with, um, being queer is just like how we approach society or not. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. And Bobby, 
why did you want to more deeply explore tarot and create the outsider tarot deck? I mean, why, why tarot? You're an artist, you're an activist, you're a filmmaker. So why that? Like, what, what is it about, as you just shared with us, um, it's this kind of exploration of the great unknowing nothingness, but, but what in you kind of made you want to provide readings for people, provide these tools? tools to the universe. I think like I grew up Roman Catholic and I, um, and I grew up with like this great connection to spirituality. The Roman Catholic church is something that rejects others, especially queer people and hasn't necessarily been exactly friendly to even people of color or, you know, I mean- Women, um, people has, of color, gay people, you name it, right? Especially women. I mean, just like, yeah, no female priests and what it asks of people in terms of sexuality. Anyway, we know that there's a, a million problems uh, with the church, um, but there is still also this kind of spirituality, this underlying spirituality that existed in my home that I take forward. Um, St. Teresa appears in the deck. Um, so I think the tarot gives, it, it, it's an open-ended system. It's like open source. Um, it allows us to contemplate our spirituality for others that aren't just so like, I mean, certain people just have no connection to spirituality and that's that's the life that they live in it's, and, and, and thrive in. But I needed to have something where I could kind of contemplate and work with my spirituality. So the tarot seemed like a very natural um, tool for that. Um, I say divination, but really it's just, a, it's a tool of reflection. And it just reminds me that, especially so many uncanny readings that I've had over the last year and everybody that has bought this deck, um, it's kind of like, oh, there is something bigger than I understand out there, right? And, um, and so it just gives me that um, comfort of like exploring my spirituality. And how have you also explored yourself as an artist with the images, with the paintings that you've made. They're watercolor, correct, paintings? And maybe you could describe them for us. Um, perhaps a, a favorite, one of you, I'm sure they're all your favorites, but, but just right now during this conversation, perhaps a card that comes to mind. And also I'm interested, I was really excited about some of the people, the historic figures that you've included in this deck. If you could talk about some of those people. I mean, they, they go from Nina Simone to Kathy Acker and many in between. So maybe you could name some of those and why as well. Um, so for the art part of it, the watercolor, they're painted with watercolor and gouache. And I'm a filmmaker. I started off as a filmmaker. I also edit a lot of TV. Um, and at that point, reality TV. Um, I really wanted to, when I went into art school, I was a painter and I really wanted to get away from the computer screen because um, I was really in front of it a lot. And a lot of my own artwork and the work I did for work work was like for money was um, all in front of a computer. So the tarot was a huge invitation and opportunity to get with my hands again and work with my hands with a pencil and, and, and paint and water and a physical medium. 
So it was an enormous challenge because I had no self-confidence anymore. I spent every single day of my life drawing for almost like, you know, until for every year, every day, like, and then I just kind of lost it as I went deeper and deeper into video editing and animation and stuff like that. So it just was attacking things that I, my self-doubts, like facing them and proving to myself that I could do it. And it was really a, a challenge and a process. How long um, were you working I, on it? So th this project's 10 years, yeah. 10 years. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just started drawing and becoming more confident. And then I had, uh, I did all the drawings first and then I started painting and working with the paint. And, um, and so, you know, there was a lot of self-doubt to work through. Um, so having it out there, I, I was, when I released it, I, I was terrified. It took me, you know, my boyfriend, my, my partner of 15 years, not boyfriend, um, was, uh, keeps telling me for the last seven years, you have to get this out there. And at some point I was just like, am I ever, you know, I was, it was, uh, so when I got it out there, I was terrified for people to have it. Like, are they going to judge it? Are they going to judge me and my artwork? And thankfully, like, it's gone over the opposite way. Everybody's really embracing it and, and loving yes. this artwork. Well, I, I was, I am so drawn in to the color, the lushness, the motion. And then of course the mystery of what you, you've painted, the depictions and what they mean. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering if you can talk to us about some of the people, people that you've included in the deck and why. Well, that's an interesting question. Like, um, there are so many people that I wanted to include, and so many people that um, that that should be included that aren't. And it was um, it was such a process because it was uh, each card is um, takes the esoteric principles that were set forth in the Hermetic Kabbalah that was established in the early 1900s. So you have some astrology there, you have a position on the tree of life, you have the alchemical property of the suit. And so I decided to add one more principle to every card, which was an outsider principle. So it's like all these people that I had this huge list that I wanted to put in the deck, suddenly like, oh, they didn't really work in this with these astro you know, astrological principles. So I, people were coming in, outsiders were coming in that were, um, I had never expected like Jackie Shane in the Five of Lights, who is a trans R&B singer uh, in the 1960s, was rising to fame and has this enormous fiery talent, but was really far ahead of her time and um, maybe too far ahead of her for that time and um, kind of recused herself um, because the world wasn't ready. Um, that just happened to be the perfect iteration for the five of lights. And so the out the tarot led me to Jackie Shane <laughs> in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, Nina Simone was an absolute like shoe in. I, I had to have Nina Simone in the deck and I knew that that was gonna be in the five of whatever the water suit would be, which became bottles. Um, and a lot of people look at that card because the traditional design of that is, um, one of mourning and sorrow, a black cloaked figure from the Rider Waite that's looking at, you know, two cups that have fallen over. In this case, people will say, 
are, are sometimes scared by the image because all the bottles are broken in it and there's blood. And I'm like, this is a card of empowerment. You just, this is destroying systems head on that no longer work for you with your power and your divaness. Nina Simone coined herself the diva and that term is stuck. So um, those two people were opposite ends of the spectrum uh, in terms of who went into the deck. Kenneth Anger uh, is the inspiration for the 10 of uh, lights, which is one of my favorite uh, cards with the rainbow under the chandelier. Kathy Acker is in there, the punk rock feminist writer. My partner, Douglas Martin, um, is a bi biographer of Kathy Acker and has just released, had at that point released a, uh, a biography of her that was his dissertation um, for, for his PhD, Retooled. And that card is the cover. Um, Lee Bowery is in there. Um, and then there's groups of outsiders like refugees um, uh, in, in the suit of eyes, the seven of eyes, um, right. decided to have groups of outsiders be represented rather than just one. Yes. Exact and what's so incredible about that, Bobby, is also, so it, it's almost, there's so many layers with your deck. And, and so there's, you know, there's the esoteric and the actual tarot symbols, but then you've also embedded these historic figures that are part of our culture, which I find absolutely intriguing. And of course, then there's these vibrant, beautiful paintings, uh, the images on the deck itself. So we only have another minute or two. We'll have to talk again <laughs> another time, but is there anything you want to share with us before we conclude? Um, oh, wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I'm I glad always, you didn't ask me that. <laughs> um, I think that um, the one thing is that a lot of people have gotten this deck that have never read the tarot before. And the most moving thing is that um, it comes with the guidebook that like has two pages of uh, explanation for every single card. And the most heartening thing is that, you know, people that have never read the tarot before can take the deck and do one card every day and open up the book. And it's leading them through their days and giving them like this kind of reflection and light for the day or a meditation for the day. That's quite, um, I don't know, that's, that, to me, that's the most amazing thing about it is that it's a, a total newbie can like come into this and use it as a, as a meditation and reflection tool on, the, on a daily basis. And, and that, that to me is uh, the greatest honor and, and uh, reward for making a tarot deck. Well, thank you so much, Bobby. It's really been great talking to you. I have so many more things I want to talk to you about, but really, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. This has been so wonderful to talk to you. I've been speaking with Bobby Abate about his outsider tarot deck, a new deck that he has created. And you can find out more about Bobby on Instagram at Bobby Sweet Kitty and also at Outsider Tarot. And you can also go to the website at OutsiderTarot.com. Bobby Abate, thank you. Thank you. From the kitchen table out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. 
The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels.